Hello and welcome to On A Mission, the show where we share inspiring conversations with phenomenal women who are creating success and prosperity in their lives with purpose and passion. I'm Pauline Rodish, a success mindset coach and clinical hypnotherapist, and I'm on a personal mission to remind you that you are a beautiful soul and you have so much potential. And my intention for this show is to give you the nudge to answer your own calling and to rise up and take on your life's mission. So welcome everybody. This is episode two of On A Mission, the show where we are showcasing and highlighting conversations from phenomenal women from all over the world who are sharing their message with the word, who've overcome some form of adversity or tapped into their gifts and talents quite naturally and organically from birth or who have arrived at discovering their gifts and talents much later, often caused by a life experience. Today, I am joined by a wonderful lady. She's a friend and a former colleague. Her name is Majella Moynihan. Majella, you're so welcome. I am so thrilled to be having this conversation with you today. And may I say, you look absolutely amazing. Look, it's just so great. And for the purpose of our listeners today, I want to highlight this wonderful lady that shared a similar career to my own back in the 80s and 90s in Ireland. And at the time of recording, today is the 7th of March, 2021. And I think it's a pivotal day. It's divine timing as far as I'm concerned that we're celebrating International Women's Week this week and tomorrow being International Women's Day. And the hashtag associated and the theme of this year's International Women's Day is about choosing to challenge, to challenge the status quo, to really forge ahead with inclusion in the workplace, in society at large. And I feel very honored to share Magella's story with you. Some of you might be familiar with her story, which was very much highlighted last year with a documentary in RTE and subsequent interviews that Magella did. But just a little background as to how Magella and I started out together. It was in the 80s and Magella was one year ahead of me in Templemore when she became a guard, something that she'd wanted to do for a very long time. Similarly, myself, I joined the force in October of 1984. My career was shorter than Magella's. I have my own stories too as to why I left the guards and someday I will share that. But today is about Magella. So I just for those of you that are not really familiar with Magella's backstory, and of course the main purpose of this interview is to share who this woman has become as a result of what took place in her life, the phenomenal woman that she is, uh, that she is and the, the mission that she's on as a result. So Angartha Siakana is the Gaelic for the Irish Police Force, the Guardians of the Peace. And it is an establishment like any other police force, an organization of people. Sometimes they get it right, sometimes they don't. Um, I still have a brother in the guards, he's a detective in, in Dublin. And so I know that Magella feels like I do, that this is not a slur on a force or an organization. It's basically an individual's journey. And I'm going to hand it over to Magella. And Magella, look, how are you, my darling? Good morning, Pauline. I'm very well. And thank you, Pauline, for having me on this morning. Listen, I just want people to hear your lovely voice. And um, look, share the background. I mean, like you, you were no stranger to pain, unfortunately, going right back to early childhood 
would you like us to give you know a comfortable um, account of your early days? Okay, I was um, born in 62 and my mum got killed in 64. So then I was placed into um, a residential school and I was there then for 16 and a half years. Turbulent years, um, sort of, I would say they were the, the beginning of my darkness. Really, there was a lot of pain inflicted on me in there. Um, so then I was there for that duration of time and I left it and came to Dublin to my father and my stepmother, who to me, it was, I would say now, Pauline, um, it should never have happened. I didn't know that man. I didn't know that woman. But anyway, I came to Dublin. I lived there for a period of time, left it, went out onto a flat. Um, always wanted to join on Garda Siocona, as you have described it as the police force of Ireland. Um, and the reason that I wanted to join the guards was because I actually saw so much injustices preferred against myself and other children who were handed over to the state in Ireland. So we, I, I joined because it was, I felt that I could give something of myself. And yet, as a child, I was very much a person that was always helping others. I always had that call to help the underprivileged person. Um, was very, as a child, I felt very different to many people. So I, I alienated myself from a lot of stuff, Pauline. Can you expand on that, though? What do you mean by different? That really I, curiosity now. So what do you mean? Different in the sense of that I saw things differently. Um, I didn't never like anybody hurting anybody. I didn't like people to be crying. I just, I wanted to help all the time. It was always, I wanted to wrap my arms around somebody and protect them. That was the sort of a child that I was, very lost child, and didn't know who I was, of course. Felt abandoned, felt I wasn't loved, felt that if, if I was good, they would have kept me, they wouldn't have put me into a home. So I brought all of that stuff into early, early adult, you know, we'd say 18, 19, 20s, 21, very lost person in the world, extremely lost, constantly reaching outside of myself for people to make me happy. And couldn't fulfill, could not fulfill anything. Are you familiar with Dr. Wayne Dyer when he was alive? Are you familiar with his work? No, I'm not. Dr. Wayne Dyer. Well, it was a phenomenal spiritual teacher and similar story, actually abandoned, grew up in a type of school in foster care then as well, went on to become an amazing, amazing teacher. Sadly, left this planet maybe three years ago, I believe. Mm. But um, no more than yourself just had that whole kind of void and uh, that feeling of being lost, but of course turned it into a phenomenal legacy, which I've no doubt that you're on your journey towards now. So sorry for the interruption, but I just wanted to put that point in there. So a lot of great, great people have had those kind of starts in this life. Oh, well, that is very true now, Pauline, sort yeah. of. On to the guardianship one anyway. So in 1984, I became pregnant. I was a single girl. I was going out with this guy for nearly two years. I became pregnant. Um, again, very terrifying for me coming from the 
the Catholic strong Catholic ethos that I was brought up with, that, you know, that you were this and you were easy and you were all of this. So it was very much internalized. I internalized all of that shame and guilt and discrediting the force as I was told. So there was an awful lot of negativity in my road, in, on my journey, an awful lot of pain, um, an awful lot of desperation, an awful lot of self-hatred. Um, self-loathing and... Self-loathing, self-everything. Put myself out there to be hurt, to be used, to be abused, because I didn't know any better. I know. My son was born, and in Ireland, the Catholic Church worked very, very, very much together with the Garda Shikona or any organization, not just the guards. Um, so it was constantly for me through that process of being pregnant, which to me was supposed to have been a wonderful, joyful occasion. It was taken from me. My son was taken as soon as he was born and he was put into foster care and then he was adopted. Um, but the sadness, Pauline, of all of this is that I then was charged with giving birth and I then was charged with having sex outside marriage with another member of the force. And I was told that I had discredited the force. For many, many a year, Pauline, I believed all of that. I believed it. And through that period of time, I had started a lot of work on myself and rebirthing. I had been in India rebirthing. I had done a lot of counseling, a lot of a lot of healing work, um, a lot of speaking. And I started to realize, Pauline, that what they had done was so well, it absolutely was so wrong. And I mean, it, it, your story, you know, apart, the, you know, the story of having a child outside of marriage back mm -hmm. then was, was more common perhaps than any of us realized, okay? Mm -hmm. It was happening. But I suppose what compounded your situation was working for such an organization or a body as the guards. Yes. That really compounded it. I mean, it may not have happened elsewhere in a different kind of job. We'll never know that, of course, how you might have been treated elsewhere. We'll never actually know that. But could I ask you at this stage, Mangela, did, you know, growing up, did you have a connection to God, despite growing up in that situation where, of course, the Catholic Church, and I grew up in a very strict Catholic environment myself, in my home, my father is very religious. Um, but you know, when you're in this kind of institution, this industrial school, I mean, it's fairly heavy handed, no doubt, the whole religious uh, connotations. Mm -hmm. You have your own relationship with God. Did you believe in God? Did you believe in anything outside of yourself at that stage? Well, we were forced. Religion was forced on us, Pauline. We had to go to mass every morning and benediction and say the rosary every evening and all of that sort of stuff. I always believed there was something greater than me. I didn't know what it was. I didn't like God or Our Lady because they took my mother. Yeah. So I was fighting against this as well. But I always believed that there was a strong connection to something. I didn't know what it was. Through all of my pain, the light always shone. There was always a light because I always believed 
that it was going to get better. It didn't for many, many a year, but it, it, it sort of, it was the thing that kept me going that I knew eventually through all of my darkness, through all of my pain, that someday I was going to be able to stand up. And did you have something you could talk to about this? Was there somebody close that you could share those intimate thoughts and feelings? No, no, no. I never had anybody like that. In, in, in saying that, we had a very strong connection with, say, three other girls in the in in the industrial school, which to this day were still very, very close. But we didn't speak on that level, Pauline, because we had no understanding of that. Yet, I can say the nun that was in charge for the duration of the 11 years that I was there was a wonderful, wonderful person. person I ever, ever had seen love coming from. Yet I didn't know that it was love. Do you know what I'm saying? Of course. Look, I I totally understand. I very understand. Her kindness was something that touched me. And I've often said it today, that Sister Claire was the person that has given me, or gave me, or I awakened the gifts that I have today and the gifts that I can see today. Well, I want to talk about those now in just a second. But, you know, what I love what you're saying, because really... In this world, what I've learned in my own journey and as a therapist and working with people closely, that it takes just one person in your life and it may not be a parent, it may not be a relation, but just one one person that can really show you that you have potential beyond what you could ever believe for yourself, that they're almost giving you their belief in you, they have faith in you and that's enough. And clearly it has been enough because obviously you've gone on, you're here with us, thank God. And I want to move to that, really, that moment where you've har- you had harbored a secret that you couldn't share with anybody. And I mean, that in and of itself must have been extremely difficult, that you'd no outlet. How did you really cope with it? What was the journey like? I mean, I know you went to India, did the rebirthing, and you discovered some many, many holistic practices. So just share with us, you know, how you evolved when you decided that you were going to open up about this and share, which I really applaud you for doing, because this, I, I, I think it's vitally important that we tell the truth. And I believe more than ever that we're in a space and this universe right now on this planet and the earth that we need to call ourselves out on our own BS, but we certainly need to call others out because it's just not acceptable any longer that people cannot be allowed to be who they are without all this judgment and criticism. And, you know, people in glass houses should not throw stones. And let's be honest, sometimes those that throw the stones the hardest have a lot to look at in the, within themselves, you know. Um, but tell me how, when you, when you decided to really out this, well, it took a long, long time, but I suppose because I had done so, I, I was doing so much work on myself and doing a lot, a lot of counselling and doing a lot of, we'll say, body work and all of this. And one day, this is, and this may sound very, very strange, but this is how it happened. I felt it was like something penetrated in here. It was like, it was yeah. like penetration of light. Where were you? Describe the scene. Where were you? 
I was, would you not believe, I was sitting beside a river. Right, go on. I love water. I'm terrified of water, but I love water. I love being around water. And I felt safe. I felt, now Magella, you can take on the world. Now Magella, you can reveal who you are and you should have no shame because all my life I had shame. All my life I felt shame. Um, it was the most, uh, it was just a fantastic moment. It was so awakening. It was like as if somebody had come in within me and actually planted a light and that light just, and it opened up. It was like a petal. It was like as if I opened up like a rose and I thought, this is it. I can do this. This yeah. is not. I really have goosebumps, you know, and what the way you're describing it, you know, I teach yoga, as you, you know, and the, the crown center, the Sahaswara chakra is often depicted as a lotus flower, a 1000 petaled lotus flowers that blossoms and blooms when we connect with our wholeness, with our essence. So really, that's what you're describing. It was a major awakening. Is this the one from 2016? Yes. Okay. And it was from then on, Pauline, I was very much strong that I put it out there to the universe. I great. I, I just put things out there and I'm so lucky that they come back. And I was very, very lucky to meet a person called Susan Logan, who's in the Adoption Alliance of Ireland, a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, I met Susan. She, I revealed my story to her in relation to my son and all of that. And that was the beginning. And this was then where I sat with many, many a person, Dr. Maeve O'Bruark, Aoife Kelleher, Sarah Blake. There's so many people that I have to thank for helping me on my journey of truth. And um, I evolved. I told this. I no longer had shame. And up to that point, Pauline, I was a mother of one child. Then I became a mother of two children. So I, it, it was amazing. Like today I have two sons. No. Up to that point, I had one son. Do you know what I'm saying? I completely Tell your truth. Mm. You are a mother of two children. Yes, absolutely. And you will always be a mother of two children. Mm -hmm. Despite and what happened. So, because I then owned my truth and then I owned my story and that the authorities within the guard of force no longer had power over me yeah. and they were not difficult they were they were difficult decisions to actually make well your first difficult decision we shared before we came on would you like to say what your most difficult decision has been I mean I know it probably is very obvious but I just want you to say it my most difficult decision of my life was signing the adoption paper for myself without any help or support or explanation. I know, I feel it too, Majella. And then the next difficult decision that you made to really connect with your essence, your purpose, was what? When I just believed, Pauline, when I knew that I could no longer live this life, that I could no longer live in shame, 
in untruth, in bitterness, anger, yeah. self-loathing. It doesn't help anybody here, it doesn't. It, it could no longer be a part of me because it was constantly for me that I was doing the same thing and expecting different results. That doesn't work. When I embraced who I was, yes, yes, yeah, and I started to love me and Pauline, by goodness, it was a very difficult journey. I used to have to stand in front of a mirror, and I hated what I saw. I hated it because I was told so many times that I was nothing, and I believed it. But today I'm something, yes, and today, today I. There's so much life within me today that I just want to go on top of a mountain and scream and just say, come on, we can do it. You, know? you can. You absolutely can do it. And so do you feel closer now to this higher intelligence or this something that you feel is greater than you are? Absolutely. It's part of my every day. I meditate daily. Um, I go to nature every day. Um, I write a lot of poetry. Um, I... I'm very connected with my creativity. Um, I do a lot of crochet working. I do a lot of baking. I do a lot of poetry writing. I write. Um, I, I just am very, very, very much in tune with who I am today. And if I don't like something, Pauline, I don't sit there anymore. I get up and I walk. I never could do that. I never could do that. I mean, that's real liberation isn't it it's just emancipation from the past from you know that horrendous container of you know put somebody into a box my goodness I mean I am really privileged to be speaking to you Magella because I think you're pretty and you are most definitely an amazing lady you've been through so much but I love the fact that you're here all these amazing gifts. I mean, I follow you on social media. I see your, your, the evidence of your creativity, your crocheting. I've seen your, your, the, the various uh, baking that you've done, amazing. So, you know, to be able to do that with ease and flow and grace and spontaneity and just the bliss of just being yourself and not carrying that horrible shame any longer, which is so over and expired and deleted. You know, I'm forever helping people, you know, when they come to me with um, a story about how they're currently feeling. So people will come to hypnotherapy, for example, and they are feeling very um, incapable of, you know, coping with certain things and their confidence is affected. And inevitably, it has to go back to, we have to go back to the past to find out where this started. And for some people, it started in early childhood. And what happens then is we just keep getting more of the same. And it's because of how we've internalized it. And so how we have made ourselves feel that we're only worthy of X, when in actual fact, when we break that patterning in the mind, mm -hmm. let it go. And I mean, you had to go to great lengths to, to do that more than the average person. So I know that people listening to this can only salute you, Aaron, and obviously have hold you in their hearts because as you're telling the story, and I know it's still raw and painful, I, it could never not be, I mean, because of the nature of what happened. But I know that we're feeling it. I certainly felt it. I felt your emotion. I feel your emotion. I cried when I heard your documentary as I was listening to you. And that was when I reached out to you again, just in a show of solidarity, just to say, 
Magella, I understand. And I'm so, so sorry. And I do to this day feel so sorry that I would see you in the Garda Club and we'd be socializing. And little did I know what was going on in your life. Little did I know, or anybody else. And I mean, that hurts me to think that another woman in a job where we were so, so much in the minority, that we weren't able to be there for one another, or I know we were probably immature and what did we really know? I often said myself, 20 years of age, going into the police force, thrown to the wolves, you know, in there with crimes against children and rape cases. And obviously we, we were thrown into where there was domestic abuse and violence because we were the woman to help the woman in the situation. Made sense, of course, and we to grow up really fast in the guard that we were exposed to. But it does still sadden me that, you know, you were going through this as a woman. And here we are 37 years later, almost, you know, only having this conversation. Yeah. And, you know, that saddens me. But at the same time, I'm just so proud of you. And I don't say that in any kind of plumacy way. I genuinely mean it, that you're here to tell the story. And I want to ask you, what is your favorite quote? No other human being can make me happy. And where did you find that quote? Tell me. For me, Pauline, because all my life, I reached to other people for my happiness. And today, I make me happy. That's right. And even, it's a very emotional thing for me, that statement. Yeah. Because I put myself in situations, Pauline, and lost myself and thought that these people would be good for me. And all it was was hurt again. I know. And listen, you know, it's a pattern, you know, that what you've now recognized. And it's so wonderful to see you blooming in a different way. Yes, absolutely. That lovely description that you had. I mean, that's you evolving, growing, emerging. I often say that, that I love the analogy of the caterpillar and the butterfly when it comes to transformation. There is a, a phase too of being in the chrysalis before we emerge. And so you are emerging still. I mean, I know there's a lot of things that you're in the pipeline for you. You're gaining clarity day by day on where you want to go and how you want to serve in the world. But a question that I want to ask you now is of all the people that you could sit down and have a beautiful intimate dinner with, um, to maybe seek advice from or somebody that you really admire in society, who would that be? This may sound very strange, Pauline, but I'm going to say the person that I would love to sit down with is me. Me. Oh my goodness. I felt that. The real me. you. The real me. Magellan. I don't feel about that at all. It's just your you know, yeah. you. I have to. I. It's and as I'm saying it, I can feel the goosebumps coming up through me. Um, I have to. Really, truthfully, Pauline, get to know me. And believe in who I am. In everything of all of my wounds, and all of my joys in all of my life's experiences as to where this is going to bring me and, and how it's going to evolve and 
I am so looking forward. It's happening now. And I'm where so looking forward to it. You're going on your mission now. Where do you feel it's bringing you? It's... Br I feel, Pauline, that I'm being brought into something that is evolving other women. That is, it's like as if that, I hope that it's bringing me in to help to empower other women because I know of the darkness of what women in this country have gone through for many, many years. And I want that cycle to be broken. And I want people, especially women, to believe that they are wonderful human beings, wonderful beings. And that it's, I, I can see myself, it's how I saw the other day, Pauline, I was writing and I saw myself sitting on a big rock and about 40 children around me. And I thought, that's the thing that I want to do because I know the importance of feeding a child with love and feeding a child truth and feeding a child encouragement, believing them, seeing them, understanding them. It starts there. What would you tell a child if they were sitting in front of you right now? Pauline, I just picked them up. And tell them that nobody has the right to hurt because they are our future. Yes, I know. They're innocent beings, and I was an innocent being. Yes, you were, and you were a beautiful child too. That experienced that abandonment. I mean, you are so qualified, Majella. You're beyond qualified to help people. And you know what? No doubt you've done the inner child work, the healing on your own inner child on your journey as allowing you to do this. Yes. So important because the inner child, the part of us that gets frozen in time from the pain that hurts something, it's like a little piece gets left behind at every stage where we've been hurt, abused, abandoned, misunderstood, criticized, and so on and so on. But you are evidence, and I wish you had a tissue there beside you. You are evidence, Magella, of what is possible. I just wanna read this quote, and it's by a wonderful lady called Dr. Edith Eager. She's still living, she's a psychotherapist. She's a survivor of the Holocaust. She's written a couple of books, one of which is called The Choice, and this is one of her quotes. She said, our painful experiences aren't a liability, they're a gift. They give us perspective and meaning and opportunity to find our unique purpose and our strength. Would you agree? Yes, definitely, Pauline. Definitely, definitely. Have you been able to look back, Magella, and see it as a gift? And if so, what has been the biggest gift? The biggest gift, Pauline, is that I'm still here. Yeah. That's the biggest gift. And that I have come through it. And that I'm still here. And I'm surrounded by a wonderful tribe. I have wonderful friends, Pauline. Um, I've seen the show of, of support for you on, on those social media 
posts, your friends, absolutely holy and very high regard and rightly so. Yeah, and it's fair to say that you can be somebody else's sister Claire, as Sister Claire was for you. Yes. Now that you are that for somebody else. It's amazing. It's about passing the baton, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, learning, unlearning, relearning. And we're all evolving. We're all all growing. And it's a choice that we have to make because change is inevitable, but personal growth is a choice. And as Dr. Edith Eager says, like the choice is, are we willing to look at something that happened to us with the, the idea that, you know, there's a gift within this and then apply it to how we can contribute to society. That's it. That's it. It's so important. You're going to do amazing work. I have no doubt about it. I want to ask you though, what advice would you give to somebody else who is perhaps living with the secret, living in some kind of shame? What would you say to them? Reveal. Open up. When you reveal your truth, you become real. I know. There is support out there, reach out. It's Pauline, nobody has to live in secret anymore. Oh my goodness, it's so, you know, prehistoric almost. It's back to the dinosaurs. And you know what? Like there's definitely a rising happening and there are, is definitely a rising amongst women in particular. We love our men, let's face it. I mean, I'm the mother of a boy, I have a stepson, my husband, I have four brothers. We, we love our men. And I have to say, I, I've been blessed even lately to have conversations with a couple of men um, who are just so pro-women and the equality side of things and the inclusiveness and you know, it's just so great to see their support towards women. I mean, all we want is to live in an equal world. That is what it should be. And we need one another. You know, it's not like a them or us because all that does is reverse the problem. If the women think we need to be the, the almighty because that's not solving anything. But we need to be able to live equally and respect one another and see the oneness in one another and that we all need each other, that we're really interdependent. Would you like to add anything to that? Pauline, no, I don't think I do. I just, I've, I've listened quite a lot, Pauline, to what you're saying, and I'm very much, you just, you, I thoroughly admire you, Pauline. I admire you for what you're doing for women and for others. Thank you. Uh, I am so happy that we have connected. And I know that you will be one of my teachers. Well, I very much look forward to that. But I'll tell you one thing. If I'm your teacher, you're going to be mine too, because that's how it works. Yeah. A teacher that's worth her salt is going to learn from her students. And, you know, I'm a student too, by the way. I'm always learning. And I always do everything I can to approach things as that, you know, empty mind to a large degree because what can I learn because it's it's so important to be always learning and as we grow and we look back over things and it's like picking up a book perhaps for the second or third time and reading something that we didn't see before it's not because what the content has changed it's that we've changed mm -hmm. so I just want to say a huge thank you again for taking the time out to be on this show with me and share with the listeners 
the beautiful side of who you are, your nature, your strength, your power. And you're a real, you really are a role model for so many, um, Magella. And nothing is wasted. As Steve Jobs says, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back and being willing to see the gift and show how it's going to help you on your mission to help children, to help empower women. Can you see? The world is ready for you and you're now ready for the world. And I'm very excited for you. So I want to thank the listeners as well. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I have. I know it is, it was testing me at several gulps in my throat there and lots of tears and, and, and I felt the emotion big time. But as Magella says, you know, um, don't hold on to any of these secrets. They need to be out of big time. And, you know, relieve yourself of that uh, unnecessary pressure and get the help, it's there. And there's no need for shame because I don't think any of us can throw, you know, can be in this glass house. What's the expression? We should, um, people in glass houses should not throw stones for certain. I don't think any of us are free of some level of regret or shame or a mistake or a bad choice that we've made. I certainly have made my own share. Um, I'm not a pious person at all. I am here full of misdemeanors, but it's on the path to learning and sharing that we grow and we can put a smile on our face and we can really look at ourselves in the eye and say, you know what, I'm doing okay. And it's okay not to be okay the odd day, isn't that it, Magella? Absolutely, Polly. Yeah, absolutely. We'll finish on a namaste. Are you familiar with this greeting? I'm yeah. sure to India yeah. as well. Of course, I say it at the end of all my yoga classes, but I think it's very appropriate because of the nature of the week Senate International Women's Day tomorrow. Namaste, simply meaning I honor the light in you that is the same in me, we are one. And that is what I want as part of my own mission is to help people you know, rise up, play their part in the world, use their gifts and talents, and let's make this world a better place and become you know, interdependent, but at that oneness, that oneness and respect for all, respect for all regardless. Listen, I love you millions. Can't wait to spend more time with you and have a fantastic day. Thanks, Magella, you've been amazing. Pauline, thank you very much. All right, thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this show so that you will be notified when the next episode is released. And remember, keep believing you're amazing and you have so much to give. Now is your time.